Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Saturday, May 22nd, day 221. We have the book of Matthew coming up, Matthew chapter 11, and Tammy's here. Hey, Tammy, how's it going? Um, good. Uh, Pretty good. How'd you sleep last night, Tam? Not very good. Oh, you had your friends over pretty late, I hear. Uh huh. Yeah, there was a raccoon in the house, and and you wouldn't get up. You slept right through it. The raccoon. I'm one with nature, Tammy. Uh, are you? Well, I didn't really enjoy hearing the raccoon knocking stuff over and going through stuff, and so I was like standing guard of the door with my my Whoa. knife and a flashlight <laughs> because I didn't want the uh, the raccoon to come up and get the doggies. Well, I'm uh, did you get his name? Yeah. Did, did you get the raccoon's name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Noisy. Well, well it, we certainly need some help here because we don't have a door downstairs. If someone could help <laughs> with the door, the raccoons wouldn't come in. <laughs> I guess I guess I didn't see any raccoon evidence, Tammy, so I just think it was you and your friends as usual. But that's fine. I'm glad I you had a no good time. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Companion Chapel. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. The Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. Please first consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help magnify, glorify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, building a functioning website, whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. Give it up for God at companionchapel.com. Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. Companion Chapel Community is located at number 338, side road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11 and verse 1. Tammy, go for it. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. Okay, so now uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is going into some public teaching here. He had lots of disciples, but he had 12 inner disciples that he sent out as apostles. And the word apostle means sent out ones. And here he's going into the cities, and this is part of his public ministry. Okay, go ahead, Tammy. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ... He sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Now, John's in the clink here. He got arrested for teaching the Bible, and he sent two of his disciples. Now, John knows that this was Jesus Christ. John knows that this was the guy that, that we're all waiting for. And so you have to read this carefully. Don't forget, going back to... Um, chapter uh, 3 of Matthew, when John said, uh, when Christ came down to get baptized, and John said, uh, John forbade him saying, I need to be baptized from you. And 
Why are you coming to me? Like John knew who this was. And don't forget that John was our Lord Jesus Christ's cousin through Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. So John knew. This is his disciples asking the following questions. But um, John just sent his disciples out to go, hey, I'm sitting here in jail. Uh, just go out there and, uh, you know, hang out with Jesus Christ and listen to what this guy's got to say. But this is what his disciples said. This is, the question doesn't come from John. Uh, and they said to him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And again, that is the question from the disciples. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. So follow me around for a little bit and, and report back to John what's going on out here. Because poor John, he's about to get his head lopped off, which is just totally heathen way of doing things. And that's the ways of the world today that still happens to this day. And that's the saddest thing. But <clears throat> report this back to uh, John there in jail to make him feel good. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended by me. Remember, <clears throat> we have our Lord Jesus Christ laying down his credentials. Okay, so... Uh, this this covers, you know, report this back to John. I'm fulfilling prophecy as it's written in Isaiah chapter 61. Uh, you can compare this to Luke chapter 4. And <clears throat> blessed is he who shall not let me become a stumbling block. And when it says here the poor, it means the poor in spirit. We have to richen up their spirit with the Holy Spirit and get the ways and things of the world, the evil spirits, out of people. And as they departed, now this doesn't mean the two uh, disciples departed right there, John's disciples. What this says here, if you read in the manuscripts, if I can find it for a second, um, departed as they were going forward teaching. And, and Jesus Christ just finished saying, uh, like, don't be offended at things I say. And don't be offended at me, at my person, my teachings, my grace, as many do and many still do today. So as Jesus continued and he kept walking ahead and people were following him, including John's two disciples, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, what went you into the wilderness to see? Because that's where people picked up with Jesus Christ, was out there where John was. Like, John wasn't in a church, standing there in some big fancy church where the lead clergy is. And that's the same thing today, by the way. And, and Jesus Christ says, Did you expect to see a reed shaken in the wind, like some flimsy preacher? Now, I'm going to say it first. We pray for everybody here. We want all to come to repentance. And we're going to take a little bite out of preachers here because what do they do when they teach the Bible and they use the Bible as a book of quotes and they get these sermons going based on human merit and human endeavor and human uh, experience and human entitlement and just trying to please people? That's a reed shaken in the wind. Just blowing back and forth. Oh, these people, I don't want to offend them. I'm going to skip over this part of the Bible. I don't want to offend these people. I'm going to skip over this part of the Bible. Just blowing in the wind. Is that what you thought you were going to see with John? No, John was teaching the Bible and he was laying it down. Remember John said right to the lead clergy that followed him down there. He says, you are of your father, the devil. Your parents, your, your posterity is the, the serpent. 
I forget that was in chapter three when he said that. They said, because the lead clergy of the churches would come down and say, hey, why are all my congregation down here? They're supposed to be up in my church, you know, filling up my uh, money. What do you call those things? The collection pla plates. Collection plates. Now they have collection baskets, you know, just fill it up. What do you expect to see there? John, like a reed shaking in the wind, just saying all nicey thingies and trying to act all churchy and lovey-dovey. Well, the love of Christ is for real. It's not sugar-coated love. It's true love. It's disciplined love, like a true father. But what they and then he says, but what went you out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Like, what did you want to see? You walk into a church and you see a pastor and you see them standing up there, preacher, whatever they want to call themselves, reverencing themselves and being asked to be called reverend, which is blasphemy, and standing there in a dress or behind the pulpit or a backwards collar, like in soft raiment. And this applies today. God's word is, was, and always will be. And this is soft raiment. That's effeminate raiment. That's why we always talk about, uh, I always say, what, some guy standing up there in a dress. No, why, why are you acting like that, acting holier than thou? You teach the Bible, and you don't have to stand there in a dress. John, Jesus Christ didn't stand there in, in soft raiment or effeminate clothing. And so why did the preachers do today? Because it's pure prophecy. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 11 to 15. You have to really get those verses into you and let them sink in. All right, behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? If you're a king, you can wear what you want. Uh, you don't wear laborers' clothes. Verse 9, but what, what did you go to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. And, and Jesus Christ really gives the creds to John here. For he, this is he of whom it is written before was written before. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. That's right out of Malachi chapter 3, 1, John's fulfilling prophecy. Believe me, Johnny, Johnny B. or John the Baptist knew that this was the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, go ahead, Tammy, verse 11. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Okay, so we're talking about what preachers do, uh, 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 acting like uh, reeds in the wind. Their their uh, sermons and the things they say behind the pulpit, and we have a great example of that. We have almost thirty-seven chapters of that, where it sounds really holy and it looks holy. Yeah, they look holy up there, standing there in a dress with a big cross on behind a pulpit, and everybody's hanging off their word right in the churches there, or if they want to wear a backwards collar or whatever they want to wear. But go back into the book of Job. Now, everybody has read the book of Job, and everybody, including myself, thought that the first 38 chapters, hey, that's some good stuff that sounds really holy. It sounds really good. Job's three friends. Satan just mopped the floor with Job and, and took all his stuff and blasted him with weather and blasted him with disease. And and uh, that's all part of Satan's dominion right now as he is prince of the air, as it's written in Ephesians chapter 2 too. But read the first 38 chapters of Job and then read Job 38 verse 2 and or verse 1 and 2. Here God shows up. And says to Job, Who is this that darkeneth counsel 
by words without knowledge. He's talking about all that holy stuff, holy religious sounding stuff in the first 38 chapters by Job's three friends that countless preachers do sermons on. And God God says right there, because the lazy preacher can't read verse 38, verse 2, it's dark counsel and it has no knowledge. And he gives these, these guys, Job's three friends, a pl- time to repent too. Because in chapter 42 of Job, or 43, let's see, 42, God says to his three friends, God says, And after that, the Lord had spoken these unto Job. The Lord said unto Eliphaz the Telemite, and that's one of the three friends, My wrath is kindled against thee and against your two friends. You guys sat there and talked to Job for 38 chapters, and it sounds religious. It looks religious, and you think it's religious. It's the great trickery our Father tells us. Hey, that's all about human merit, human endeavor, human experience, human entitlement. Those chapters are exactly what is most pastors and preachers teach from the pulpit today. And God says it's, it's, it's garbage. For that, And this is what God says. Just listen. For he has not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job has. What you guys were talking for those 38 chapters has no knowledge, no counsel, and it's not right. And he gave them room to repent. And preacher, we love you, but your job is to teach the Bible. And you have your congregation hanging off every word. And when I hear preachers teaching out of the book of Job, I just cringe. And I feel so bad for the preacher and way bad for the people sitting there listening to it. I've watched super preachers on TV take verses out of there. And I watch people in the crowd taking notes and taking notes. Like, I don't understand. Well, I do understand. That's what happens when you use the Bible as a book of quotes. Darkeneth counsel without knowledge. Be very careful. And that's what uh, our Lord Jesus Christ is saying here. John wasn't there darkening counsel without knowledge. He wasn't a reed in the wind trying to take these verses and make them sound all sugar sweet. And remember, those sugar sweet sermons, anything sugar sweet always is followed by a sugar crash. So just be careful. This is your eternal, your eternal soul is on the line. And then it's written here in verse 11, Verily I say unto you, Among them that is born of woman, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Well, that is some creds going out to John the Baptist. And born of woman, well, why would Jesus Christ have to say that? Why is he referring to all those who pass through the matrix once born of woman? Well, for the deeper student, we know there's raphium and nephilim who skated past being born innocent of woman. And that's just for the deeper student. That's in Genesis chapter 6. And there's a seed line from them too that runs through the Bible. It's a great thread. Another study for another day. But why does it say notwithstanding he is the least in the kingdom of heaven or that the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he? Because our Lord Jesus Christ is explaining to us that when we're in the flesh, these are corrupt bodies. They they succumb to the lusts and wants of the flesh and the flesh is weak. As soon as you give up the flesh and you're in your spiritual body, it's higher than the flesh bodies. That's the natural order of things. In the flesh, we're the lowest right now. But this is a great time of testing, and that's just the way she goes. That's the natural order of things. As soon as you're in your uh, spiritual body, then 
you're not in a corrupt body that gets sick and that you know has to procreate and has all the longings and lusts of the flesh and the temptations the spiritual body is a much more pure body it's our natural body we're just stuck in this time for stuck in these flesh bodies for a very short period and we have to be very careful what we think say and do and we have to acknowledge this is a really short period and it's not about being uh, <clears throat> self-indulged what's that word you use self self-absorbed self-absorbed and and selfish and trying to get ahead just in the flesh and the ways and things of the world the material things through greed gluttony and possessiveness and all the anxieties worries and fears and 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 egotism and self-pride think about that the flesh body is a short thing god repented that he put us through this but he had to this is the only way that he could get the evil out of us and some people won't even let go of it and that's really sad we pray for all these people okay go to verse 12 tammy i want to see what your bible says and from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force okay this is an odd verse um but let's just i, I went back to the manuscript so i'm going to translate this uh, for you what this says is the kingdom of heaven has been try has been trying to be seized by force but the law and the prophets stand in other words people uh, people try and change god's word to make concessions for them to get into heaven but that's a pipe dream that's all there is to it. You can't force your way into heaven. Any offering that you try and force on the Lord will not be accepted. It has to be a free will offering. And there will be no forceful way into heaven. The rod of iron is there, the sword of truth. And Jesus Christ did not go up on that cross as some sideshow. He went up there. He defeated death because no sin penetrated him. He will not compromise with evil. He did not compromise with evil. And he will not accommodate evil in his kingdom. It's there for whomsoever will. And it's valid. It's legit. It's bonafide by a blood covenant that he laid down. When he laid down his life at the appropriate time. Okay, so let's go to verse 13. For all the prophets and the law for for all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John. In other words, prophecy came to pass exactly as it was written right up to John. And it will continue to come to pass exactly as it's written. In other words, going back, people can't change God's word to make concessions for themselves to get into heaven. That's just a pipe dream. Okay, you can't force God's word to change. It is, was, and always will be. And that's what those two verses are talking about and of course this refers to when jesus christ said not even a couple chapters ago i came not cha to change one jit or jot of the law or prophets it's going down to the letter as it's written god's word is consistent it will never change mankind is inconsistent we think just because mankind changes society changes their morally and corrupt ways or or ethical ways or spiritual ways whatever's going on in society changes that oh the bible should be changed like, I, I had a question come to me the other day. It said, well, do you think they should rewrite the Bible for now? I said, well, yeah, why don't they rewrite the Bible every other day then? Just to, just to satisfy whatever special interest group has come up and whatever morally bizarre thing society passes by as new normals. Yeah, we should just change the Bible. The Bible is, was, and always will be. And when you meditate on that, that is extreme comfort. 
He is our comforter. It, it's always the chain. It, it is always the same. He is our rock. It is our only stability. Thank you very much, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go to verse 14, Tim. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. They didn't. They lopped his head off and they put Christ up on the cross. He that hath ears, let him hear. Let him hear prophecy. Let him hear what is written. It was prophesied that Jesus that would happen to Jesus Christ. Psalms 22, the book of Zechariah, the book of Isaiah, it, all through the Bible. Right to Genesis 3.15, the very first prophecy. I'll bruise thy head and you're going to bruise thy heel. Satan bruised his heel. That's not a fatal wound. Jesus Christ will bruise his head, and that's the fatal wound. And this is all coming to pass exactly what, how it's written. That's why it says, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear the spirit of prophecy, the intellect of the sacred testimony. Okay, let's go to verse 16. But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, We played the flute for you. And you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not lament. This is a simple analogy. He calls us little ones. Now, we'll go back to chapter 10 and uh, verse 42. When he calls his disciples little ones, he sends them out. He's saying, hey, we're piping to you, trying to get your attention. No, you're not listening. You know, And, and we're, we're telling you what's going on. The Bible's bittersweet, and you're not, you're not listening. And that's a simple analogy. They're just not, people aren't listening. They're going to try and force their ideals in front of our Lord Jesus Christ on Judgment Day. Uh, good luck with that because Jesus Christ is going to say to you, Depart from me. You never got to know me. Go play somewhere else until you can get it out of you. All the evil and the things that you carry. Okay, it might not seem evil to you. You might be sitting there trying to justify it. People justify their own behaviors constantly and then try and say, well, God will understand. God will understand. I'm a good person. I should go to heaven. Why shouldn't I? Well, you, you, you go up with that attitude in front of the Lord. A common trait of mankind is to think all do wrong who do not do as they do. And I guess you just got a little egotism and you say that to people. What happens? Well, Jesus Christ just told us a couple of chapters ago, oh, they pucker up and explode, like uh, putting on new uh, a patch on an old clothes, a new patch on old clothes, and putting new wine in an old wineskin. It's going to pucker up and explode. Jesus Christ is just absolutely supernatural brilliant, teaching us like we're children. And that's the only way you can learn, is if you're like a child. Because a child doesn't sit there thinking they know better than anything else. They sit there like little sponges and soak it up. And they don't have all the, the what do you call it, when people just have stuff inside them. The, you know when people get bitter. and Resentments. Resentment or think they know better. They can't be told something. They know. They know. They just think they got it all worked out. And they, and they get all puckered up and explode when somebody tries to even help them out, even on a job site. I'll watch some guy struggling. I'll say, why don't you do it like this? I know what I'm doing. You know I mean? You know the guys that used to show up and not know how to lay stone? Yeah. And I, I'd go up to him and go, okay, okay I'm going to make this really easy for you. I'm going to draw the pattern right on the, you know, on the tar paper on the wall and just follow it like that. Oh, guys would get so upset. You know what I mean? i say, listen, man, you say you know how to lay stone, and they, I know how to lay stone, but, you know, 
I've been doing it for like years and years, and I can tell you, okay, you don't know the pattern, you don't know how to lay stone, and if they get all upset, guess what? They get nothing. Go get out of here, man. Pack your tools and be like a tree and leave. Split. Go play somewhere else. But the guys that would humble themselves, within a couple weeks, they were getting good at it. They just were quiet. Okay, I I admit it. I don't know how to lay stone. Okay, no problem, man. I'll I'll teach you. Just simply work beside me. And when you get stuck on the pattern, I'll tell you put a medium there, small there, large there, whatever. Right. But the guys that thought they knew it all, and this is the same analogy here, well, you know, they're, they're in for, uh, that's egotism. And they have to get rid of that before they can come into the kingdom of heaven. Let Jesus Christ teach you from the job site. Let me teach you how to lay stone. It's the same analogy. You know, right. Tim? Yeah. Okay, let's go to verse 18, Tim. Read a few verses. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. This is pretty good because, you know, if Jesus Christ sat down and had a drink of wine, what he do? You know what? If he sat down, he was teaching all the time, everything in moderation, and it doesn't matter what you do. It, John didn't drink, and Jesus Christ sat down and sat down at big tables and banquet tables and, and had a good time. Well, guess what? People are all always going to stand back and point fingers. Oh, look at this guy. Oh, look at what he's doing. You can't do anything right in a scoffer's eyes. But always remember mockers and scoffers. The power of a scoffer and a mocker always lies within accusation, never fact. They just sit there pointing fingers, blaming others, and they never look at themselves. And those people are a textbook drag. Like, they're just a drag. Sit back and criticize, and don't do nothing. Verse 20. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his high most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Like, there was the Lord Jesus Christ, God. And he was doing things in front of these people, and they repented not. They just, that's just human character. Some people are just like that. They didn't change their ways at all. Woe unto thee, Chosan, that's a city about two miles away from Capricorn. Woe unto thee, Bathsheba, that's house of fish. And that was close to the area also where Jesus was walking around doing stuff. For if the mighty works which were done in you, had you been done had they been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And that's a heavy statement because Tyre and Sidon were the World Bank at the time. And we know, as it's written, money is the root of all evil and Satan is the treasurer of the world. And that was the World Bank area right there. And evil things were going on there. And that's what always happens around money. Money trumps human rights. Money trumps Mother Nature's rights. It's always been. And today, look what money's done to planet Earth. Verse 22, I say unto you that it should be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at that day than judgment for you. If our Lord Jesus Christ would have walked through Tyre and Sidon and did what he did in these other cities, Jesus Christ, God, knows they would have changed their ways. But these people didn't. Okay, verse 23, Tam. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For in the if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, I would have remained until this day. 
Well, let me tell you something. That statement just says it all right there. They don't care. Uh, a city that's exalted is because the city's balling. The economy's happening. You know, everybody's, the fridge is full. You know, they're having, you know, everything's just happening. Paycheck after paycheck. And that's like what it is around here. Up here, we live around a nuclear power plant up here in Paisley, Ontario. And there's money up here. There's high-paying jobs in that nuclear power plant that were not affected by COVID-19. And people have tons of toys and stuff. And I've never met so many atheist people in my life because their God is money. And that's what they think about. That's what they pay homage to. That's on their mind. And money's their God. And it, and uh, Jesus Christ saying here, yeah, that's going to be brought down to hell. But you know why? You can't buy your way into heaven. Your credit card means nothing to me. Your bank account means nothing to me. You can't buy love. You can't buy respect. You can't buy virtue. You can't buy morals. You can't buy faith. And you can't buy salvation. It's all about your eternal soul here. And comparing it to Sodom, the barnyard morals that uh, ran the show in, in Sodom, if Jesus Christ is saying, hey, these guys were morally corrupt, but you guys are ethically corrupt. Caperman, Sodom, all obviously is immorally corrupt. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in that day of judgment than for thee. That's a heavy statement. Be careful who you worship. You're worshiping money and, and the things money can buy. And that's what people do. They're possessive of it. They think they have entitlement to it. They don't care around here that their paychecks are at the expense of Mother Nature. They've created the most concentrated, radioactive, toxic mess on planet Earth, not even a couple hundred feet away from the biggest freshwater basin on planet Earth at the nuclear power plant. Now, they don't know what to do with all these spent nuclear rods, but people just go there, keep working. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Where's my paycheck? Where's my paycheck? Another nuclear rod in a, basically a swimming pool just sitting there. And now they're going to, what are you going to do with these nuclear rods? They call them spent rods. Well, they've only used 2% of the energy in those rods. They're so incredibly radioactive. The cancer rate up here is out of control. And yeah, there you go. As long as I get my paycheck, I don't care what I'm doing for the next generation. I don't care what I'm doing to planet Earth. Just give me my money. That's my God. I can buy my way around, do whatever I want. Well, it'd be better if you were a sodomite than... This kind of sounds gross, but that's well. what it says. <laughs> Anyways, let's go to 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Next verse. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Okay, that's a big verse. You want to be included in being revealed to the Father. Uh, through the Son, there's a natural hierarchy again. You know, it's Jesus Christ always giving thanks to Father. Jesus Christ prayed all the time. No matter what the situation was, Jesus Christ is showing us 
Say your prayers. Get on your knees, cover your face, cross your feet, and give it up for God. You humble and you repent and, and you mean it. And, okay, let me read this. I thank thee, Father. Okay, he's hidden, hidden the truth from the wise and the prudent. Why? The, the wise and the prudent, that means uh, wise and prudent in their own eyes. They've hidden it from themselves. They choose not to see the Word of God because they're blinded by socially corrupt things like wants and wanting money and money being their God and that's what they worship, that's what's on their mind, that's what they, that's what they think gives them stature and respect. They think they can buy those things. They think they can buy true happiness and inner peace. But I'm just telling you that this is wise and prudent in their own in their own eyes. Okay? But as you revealed it unto babes, because babes, young people, like babies, as the analogy is perfect here, uh, don't go around th thinking they're wise and prudent. If, if you want to, what God's trying to say here, you become born again. So you get rid of all your wise and prudent ways that you think you know, and you be taught like a baby. Not a baby baby, but just a young person who's sitting there listening to their parents talk. Like if you're sitting and having a Bible study at your table when your kids are 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, they're going to absorb that. It's going to go into their mind, into their heart. But if you sit around with your kids 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, and you're just sitting there watching TV, that's what they absorb. That's where they get their, their core beliefs from. That's where they're gonna. That's where their personality is going to develop from. From the morally corrupt, ethically corrupt, socially corrupt, and spiritually corrupt ways and things of the world. That's what. That's what's being said here. Teach your children, and you have to. Even if you're old, you can still become a babe in Christ, because you have to start somewhere. Like, don't go into God's word if if you're older, like in your 30s, 40s, or 50s. First time you're picking up the Bible, it's never too late. But get rid of the things that you think are right. Things that you've heard from hearsay or things that, well, I went to church years ago. I know what the Bible says. The Bible says this and that. No, you have to go in there with a clear mind. You have to be born from above. And born. And when you're born again, you're a babe. You're a babe in God's word and you mature as a Christian. And as it's, you'll probably come across the word perfect, but it's mature. Only Christ is perfect. And you act on the principles of grace. You observe and follow the laws of the kingdom. You don't go, well, that doesn't make any sense. That was written a long time ago. Little kids don't say that when you're, when you're teaching them. Adults do. And that's what's being said here. Okay, that's simple as that. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me, my Father, and no man knoweth. Did you read that? No man knoweth the Son, but the Father. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty simple. That's just the way it goes. Um, again, the natural order of things. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Okay, what are, you, what are you heavy laden with? The ways and things of the world. And Jesus Christ will give you rest. The word rest is Sabbath. And that Sabbath means rest. You rest in him daily. He is your comforter. And he will take the burden off you. He is the Passover. You'll pass over the ways and things of the world. You'll realize the things that you're worrying about and the things you're striving for have no value. Oh, they might get you another car in your driveway or a bigger house. What value does that really have in the, in the, in the grand scope of things? 
Like it's just going to put burdens on you and you're going to get stuck in usury. Take up the yoke of Jesus Christ and learn. Underline that. There's a condition there. Learn of me. Because if you don't learn of Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to say what he says in Matthew chapter 7, depart from me. You never took the time to get to know me. You spent all your time trying to make money, all your time trying to, you know, listen to analysis and speculators, watching the news, getting your information from the global media or social media. What do you spend your time on? And Jesus Christ is saying, take my yoke, my burden, for I am meek, lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy. You know what a yoke is? That's an, that's an agriculture analogy. It's something that you put on a big giant bull or an ox, and they it's called a yoke, and they pull the plow. Well, put the yoke of Jesus Christ. His burden is easy because he feeds you with the bread of life and quenches your thirst with the living water so you do not hunger or thirst after the ways and things of the world ever again. You don't covet. You don't get anxiety because he tells us all things. You don't sit around and blame others because you understand human frailty. You learn to forgive because not forgiving is, has a negative value. It'll lead to hate and vengeance and spite and jealousy and contentment and bitterness. And all these things are not the yoke of Christ. Those are the yokes of the ways and things of the world that feed egotism and self-pride. And what's not just the greatest thing, Tammy, chapter 11 of the great book of Matthew. And let's do a little wrap-up here. This is the Companion Chapel. Why don't you come on out to the Companion Chapel community at number 338, side road, 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code that I just learned now is NOG. 2NO, not 2GO, like I've been saying for years. <laughs> I didn't know my own postal code until someone in the Canadian government told me. But yeah, come on out. Help us get a door here so Tammy's friends don't walk in at night and start having a party. Like last night, you and the raccoon are having a party, and I was sound asleep. Yeah, well, you know, we just, that's the way we do things around you just here. Roll, you just roll with Mother Nature. And uh, yeah, raccoons are nighttime things. Well, uh, I, I would prefer a door. That, that would uh, be nice. So animals stop coming in well, the house. If people, ha if you have a door and you can help us put a door on out here, it'd be great because it'd be nice to have some security. And it's a nice big 77-acre uh, piece of land out here in Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Uh, the Saugeen River runs through it. Come on out in your camper. It's a nice summer or your tent to whatever you want bring your hammer bring some tools bring some construction materials or help us out if god has given you extra money give it a for god at companion chapel companion chapel website is www.companionchapel.com and tammy's been working on that come on out and meet us and the phone number here is 519-706-8876 please promote this podcast share this podcast get involved in the church administration come on be somebody in the Lord Jesus Christ's eyes. Tammy, you want to say uh, bye for now? Bye for now, everybody. God bless you all. Thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a great day, and bye for now.